Welcome to the Forest Ward podcast. I'm sitting here with Lenore Webster, and she is currently serving as Activity Days leader with the girls in our ward. And um, we're really excited to have you here, Lenore. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So um, let's have you start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe your background, your childhood, and how you got here. Okay. Well, I grew up uh, in Arizona. I grew up here in Gilbert and partially in Scottsdale. My family moved to Gilbert when I was about eight years old. My early childhood was spent roaming around Scottsdale with my cousin. We used to hike Mummy Mountain all the time, and it was our playground over there. All my family's here, so my parents were both born in Arizona, and my mother's mother was born in Arizona, and her mother lived in Arizona. So I feel like I'm an old Arizona soul that just my family's been here forever. Um, and the desert just runs in my blood. I love the desert. I never want to leave it. I left for a while after high school, went to Ohio. Um, I was so excited for all the four seasons and all, you know, a different experience and it was great. Um, but I determined then that I absolutely never ever in 1 million years want to live where it snowed ever again. (laughs) Snow is so fun to visit and play in, but no, thank you for living there. I'm all good. <laughs> so I'm a desert rat. I love it. I'm the youngest of six kids. My parents had um, all of us within eight years. Wow. So six kids in eight years with no twins. Oh my goodness. So my mother is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that with a lot of love. She's just loved having kids and We were just like a pack of puppies. She just, we were just always together. We were always a crew. And um, yeah, super fun. So grew up in Scottsdale, really early childhood, Gilbert for most of my life. My parents separated and divorced when I was in Ohio. So that was when I was in my 20s. And then she moved up here to Mesa. And I left for Mesa to serve my mission. I served a mission in Guatemala. And when I came home, well, before I left, I'd met Ben and we dated for almost, well, it was like nine months before I left on my mission. And, um, then when I came home, he was still around. And so we kind of picked up where we left off and, uh, we were married in, I got home in October and we were married in April and, uh, you know, just started having kids. We moved around a little bit with the recession of 2008 bounced us around a bit. We landed here in 2018, 19, what year is it now? 2022. <laughs> so we've been in this house now for four years. So what does that make? What year then were we there? 2018. 2018, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's what brought me to the forest ward. It was kind of the, sh- the long, short story of how we got here in this house, in this area. So yeah. awesome. So it sounds like you probably grew up with a lot of family around you. Mm-hmm. So were there any family relationships that really had an impact on you and 
um, your life and how it's gone so far? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, my grandparents on both sides, I mean, I, every relationship, whether it's like a positive influence or a negative one, I feel has some kind of impact, right? Like you, it forms you in some way or informs your decisions about things. You know, you can look at people and say, Ooh, what not to do. And you can look at other people and be like, yes, whatever they did, I'm going to do. They look like they're doing it right or having a good time. So my dad's parents um, lived in Thatcher, in the Pima Thatcher area. My dad's dad was a college professor and my grandma was a homemaker and super amazing. And they were the, you know, squishy grandparents, the ones that just loved when you visited and were so excited to see you and they were so kind and loving and my mom's parents were <laughs> stuffy country clubbers a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so as a kid my impression of them was they're not nice I'm sure they were plenty nice but as a little kid and I was the littlest of their grandchildren because I'm the youngest of my mother's six kids and um so they just always seemed a little cool you know not super warm and squishy like the other set of grandparents so those kinds of relationships do have an impact on you know oh okay when i'm a grandma i'm gonna be a little more like that and a little less like this mm -hmm. and love them all um and they all have their problems and their issues and um but it yeah those they do inform your decisions i'd say the biggest impactful relationships i had growing up were my siblings um in different ways kind of the same thing like oh that's what not to do <laughs> they got in big trouble for doing that or they don't look like they're being very successful in their life maybe i should choose a different direction or a different attitude so for sure my siblings, because there was eight of us, I mean six of us in eight years, we were all so really close in age. I mean, I had six kids in 12 years and yeah. my kids are close in age, you know? Mm -hmm. But having six kids in eight years, we were really very, very close in age. And um, it was a blast. We, I, we just always had so much fun. I was the most annoying little sister. Like, <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> how irritating I was to my siblings. I would steal my sister's clothes constantly. I was always flirting with my brother's friends. Like, I was <laughs> so irritating to them, I'm sure. But they're probably, like, the of my childhood, the biggest relationships that I still lean on you know they were the foundation so my parents had I don't know just a hard time being married <laughs> you know they just their relationship struggled so then it was like the sibling relationship that was more the foundation of the family for me yeah that's yeah. that's really cool yeah I can't imagine having six kids in eight years Can you met right now that you no, have a kid are you like i hold on a minute <laughs> i know that truly is crazy it's crazy but <laughs> i do see how that would be really impactful to have your siblings so close in age and especially as the youngest be able to see 
their mm-hmm. example and mm-hmm. be able to, you know, kind of learn from them and decide how you want to handle your life and yeah. situations that you run into. So that's really To follow cool. or not follow. Exactly. You know? Ooh, this doesn't look like it's going very good. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to avoid the drugs. Right. Yeah. And you're not too far <laughs> off of, you know, the timeline that they're on because they're only a year or two right. or three ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah. a really unique perspective that you've been able to have on life. Yeah, for sure. Really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I did not know that you served a mission in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Maybe how yeah. you came to decide to go on a mission and just some experiences that you had. Sure, yeah. So I was always that little girl in primary just belting out this song, I hope they called me on a mission. Like, just from the bottom of my heart, I always knew I wanted to serve a mission. And I, you know, just like, I hope they call me on a mission. I was just into it. I loved every minute of it. I couldn't wait to be a missionary, which was a little, um, like it wasn't super common even as a little girl, to want to serve a mission. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got to mission age, it was getting more common for girls to serve missions. But also it was really hard for some girls to wait till they were 21. You know, I'm an old lady, so I had to wait forever. Um, All my siblings served missions, so that was a huge impact on me, watching them leave and um, come home and how their character developed and how they changed and how their testimonies grew and just the different experiences that they had and would share with us um, for sure you know was a big reason why I wanted to serve and I knew I always needed to serve after I had my patriarchal blessing it talked about it my whole life just wanting to and you know all this stuff and then Ben tried to ruin my plans but I just told him after we met, um, he was like, are you, you know, are you sure you want to go? Like, I love you. You know, please don't leave. I was like, I have to go. I have to, cause I'll hate you forever because you're married for eternity. You get to have kids for eternity. And like, if you're my guy, you'll be here and 18 months is like nothing, you know? But if I don't get this time, I'll be so mad. And I knew I would be mad, and so I didn't let him keep me. I was like, no, I gotta go. (laughs) I have to leave. Um, And it was awesome. Getting called to Guatemala was super cool. Um, I already had a connection to Guatemala. My family had actually gone down there several times One time we went down on like a Book of Mormon tour down there, which is so cool and beautiful. And I already fallen in love with the country, just loved it. Learned a little bit of Spanish already. And uh, for so for then for several years in a row, after we'd done the Book of Mormon tour, we had kind of gotten hooked up with a group that does like big service projects down there. So around Christmas break for I think two or three years when I was a teenager, we went down and we helped develop this little community that was out like on the same plot of land that the church was on uh, down in this little village. And so we helped develop this property and it was really cool. Like we dug ditches for their sewer lines and we 
you know, constructed their concrete brick houses and we built a playground for the kids one year and I don't know, it was just awesome. So getting called to Guatemala was super special for me because I already had a connection there and it was already super awesome. So um, the mission was amazing. Um, it's probably really where my testimony was very solidified. I think that my testimony has grown slowly and then all at once is how I would describe testimony building as through my experience you know, kind of slowly through childhood and then all at once with kind of big experiences, right? Like the, you know, girls camp testimony meetings where it's like, okay, yeah, I totally believe this and this is all good. And then you have like those uh, infusions of the spirit. And so that's how I would kind of describe how my testimony is developed and especially through service as a missionary was you know, slowly and then all at once, you know, you have these big experiences or even these small experiences really uh, that help solidify the foundation of a testimony. So it was always just the little things. I loved being a missionary. Um, I worked hard. I was, I always knew why I was there. I you know, I think some people get out there and I had companions that like, oh, I think this, I think I made a mistake. And I, you know, there was this guy, maybe I should go back, you know, and just kind of struggled. And I, um, I was just always really sure that I had a purpose there and that I had to, I had to fulfill it. And it was like a mission, like a mission impossible kind of mission. Like I had to do it. The fate of the world depended on it. <laughs> it kind of did. And the fate of mine certainly did. You know, I don't think I'd be the same person at all without my service as a missionary. So. Thank you. Yeah. Um, have you had any experiences since your mission that have stood out that have been really testimony strengthening or faith promoting? For sure. Having kids. Yeah, having kids is, is the next, like, biggest step in um, progression. I think that my kids know me better than anybody. Um, they try me more than anybody. <laughs> they um, challenge me more than anybody. Uh, and so the actual experience of giving birth is those are all highlights super spiritual experiences for me um feeling so close to the creator in those moments is um and has been just really really special and then they um they really challenge you at every turn they challenge your your belief system as they especially as they get older you know, why are we doing family prayer again? Oh gosh, mom, why are we doing this? And you know, you know why you're doing it, but you know, you sit back and you're like, wow, yeah, seriously, why am I doing this for you? Bunch of jerks. You (laughs) (laughs) are being so difficult right now. It's like, so learning, uh, really intimately the reasons why you do something and your kids will expose all your, all the places where you don't know your why. 
You know, they will uncover all. Well, why do we do this? Well, why don't we do that? You know, I mean, from the littlest things like, why don't we swim on Sundays to like, you know, the bigger things? Why do we even, you know, read our, why do we even go to church? You know, all those things. So if you don't, if you're not really clear, if I hadn't been really clear on my why, I think it would, I mean, it's so much harder to stay involved in the gospel and so much harder to stay engaged. And so they've been a big help in, you know, reflecting on the whys. Oh yeah, I know why we do this. You know, cause you can get into like those, I don't know, just habit patterns where you're like, well, I actually don't know why we're doing it this way. We've just always done it this way. And then, you know, you stop to think about it for your, for a little while and then you remember, you know, oh no. Yes, it's a habit and we do it for this purpose and that has, you know, meaning and impact and long lasting effect. So my kids have definitely been my greatest teachers. Yeah. I can tell that you find a lot of fulfillment in being a mom and raising your kids. And I see you at church being a great mom. Mm, you're sweet. <laughs> and so I'm just curious, what do you feel like has been the most fulfilling part of being a mom? Hmm. What's been the most fulfilling part? Um, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing, all their different milestones is so amazing to watch and when I was young you know when I was an adult but not experienced at all you know in my early 20s I'd look around at you know moms in grocery stores or moms at the park or moms doing whatever moms were doing and I had so much uh, judgment you know I had so much like oh and I'm a mom <laughs> totally not doing it like that. Which is <laughs> <just> like <laughs> the most stupid and hilarious thing to me in the world because then you have a kid. And I also thought, oh, when I have a kid, I'm going to teach them to be funny <laughs> and I'm going to teach them how to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach them how to like good music and we're going to you know, do this and that. And I had all these ideas about how I was going to mold this little blank slate, right? This blank canvas and all the things I was going to, you know, teach them and, you know, my little moldable things, right? And how hilarious it is now looking back, thinking about uh, when I, when I had Denali, you know, and he came out and he struggled. He had a pretty dramatic birth story. Um, but when I finally got to, you know, really hold him and look in his eyes and spend time with him, so much time, I was like shocked and taken aback. And I don't know why. It's like, I don't know why I was so dumb about it, but it was more like, oh, it's nice to meet you instead of you're just a blank person you know and of course I but like it's so funny like I already knew that we were spirit children before we came here why did I think 
that it was like a blank slate, but it it has been a joy to watch them unroll or unfurl their personalities and their um, little funny nuanced things that they do. And every phase has their different joys and pleasures and pains. Oh, <laughs> teenage years have not been a picnic so far. <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe some of my kids will be pleasant teenagers, but so far <laughs> we're over three. Uh, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> man, if I can get through the first couple, then I think we'll be all right. But it's been, um, there's always fun phases, you know, where, you know, when they first start giggling, you know, how much fun is that? Just so joyful and sweet. And when they start to call your name and, you know, just do all their cute little baby stuff. And then, and then when they, when they fail at something and, and then they get back up and try again like that. Those are the really like super joyful moments for me is like watching them just develop and make mistakes and get up and try again. And, or sometimes just quit for a long time and then try again much later, you know, and they're all so different. They're all so different. I remember, thinking that, you know, you just could parent all of them the same too. That was another misconception I had as a young mom and even a young person was like, oh, well, when I'm a parent, these are going to be the rules for everybody. And it doesn't work like that. Everybody has different needs and different um, expectations that work for them and things that don't. So... Mm -hmm. It's been a challenge, but I think the challenging times are always the most fulfilling. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to end on one final question. Okay. What is something that you hope that your posterity were to know? Mm. I would hope my posterity knows... Uh, that I have a testimony. I hope my posterity knows that a successful life has everything to do with the small stuff. Relationships, the gospel, work, all of those things. It all comes down to the tiniest day-by-day -day decisions that you make. It's not the big ones that matter. It's the little ones that feed into the big ones that have the biggest impact. Yeah. That's profound. I like that a lot. So, well, it's been really fun getting to know you. And, Thank you. You too. Um, just hearing all of your life's experiences and you're just a great example and role model. So thank you for sharing with us. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was super fun.